Let's have a sincere conversation about events across the nation and topics for our own morality. Let's openly discuss in an environment of trust where perception is reality. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, Perception is Reality. It is your host, David, and with me today is Jillian Jones. Hi, David. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. I really appreciate it, and I'm excited to explore what we're going to be talking about here for the next hour. I know. Isn't it very exciting? Because unlike normal podcasts, which is I like to be surprised by the topic, I'm kind of surprising you, so I'm sorry, but also, how's that song go? Sorry, not sorry? I think that... Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, Yeah, so... Um, but I know you can handle it. Uh, you're a professional and somebody I respect. So <laughs> I'm not worried. And just so everybody knows, I like to full disclosure podcast is that uh, Jillian Jones, um, a few years ago, had helped me. She was part of a financial team and um, Jillian helped me with some investments and some life insurance. And then we moved. Uh, we had just, Sherry and I had just started to get to know Jillian and really get involved and then we moved and we're like bye there was Kleenex involved tears but you know it's been a, it's, <laughs> it's been a few years um so I felt it appropriate it's so good to be reconnecting I know thank you I, I I'm glad that you I mean it's just like we haven't missed any time which is fun uh, I mean that's right what it feels exactly like, which, is, which is great um and Jillian I'm glad that you could be a guest because in last week's episode, I talked to Margaret about uh, being alone on Valentine's Day. Um, she's a very strong, independent uh, woman who's highly intelligent. I worked with her a long time ago. You know that because you listen to the podcast, obviously, um, which mm-hmm. because it hasn't posted yet. We won't tell anybody because um, <laughs> we're taping in advance. Uh, but anyway, so Margaret talks about Uh, some of her friends who are finding themselves in their 40s and 50s just all of a sudden divorced and Mm -hmm. they are in quite a predicament financially and that kind of shocked me and then as we were talking through it and and quite frankly I don't remember if that was in you know after or before during the podcast I I need to re-listen to my own podcast so everybody can judge me wildly for that uh, however, uh, I found it, it reminded me of you because you started Supportive Divorce Solutions. Yes, I started Supportive Divorce Solutions um, not even quite two years ago, although it's felt like five years. The time, um, it's just been going by so fast, but I feel like I've been doing it for so long. I've been so fortunate to already work with so many clients. Um, with supportive divorce solutions. And that's because I just, it's such a passion of mine. I found my complete true calling. You know, I am a financial planner and I help people with, let's say, normal finances, as you know. But I just saw with clients, many of my clients that were going through a divorce or were recently divorced or maybe even divorced 20 years ago, that there's this huge, huge financial piece missing. They weren't getting the financial advice that they needed when they needed it before they signed on that dotted line. I mean, it's pretty much the biggest financial transaction of someone's life, or it's in the top three. And oftentimes, they were just getting an attorney's assistance or just getting a mediator's assistance. And attorneys and mediators aren't financial people. And they're certainly not certified divorce financial analysts, which I am. And they just did not have the financial knowledge that they needed to make informed decisions about their future. And that's not the attorney's fault or the mediator's fault. Cause you know what? I'm not an attorney and I'm not going to give legal advice and I'm not a mediator and I'm not going to mediate for you, but I am a certified divorce financial analyst and I am going to be able to ensure that you have the support and the advocacy that you need to get the knowledge to make informed decisions. That's going to affect the rest of your life. And the, the rest of your children's life, if your children are still, you know, part of your life, which many times they are, even when they're grown adults. 
which which is great. And I just want to pause for a second and say, when Jillian's saying you and yours, she's not speaking to me. I am still happily married. Yeah, and yes, yes. By inviting, and you better her, always be because Sherry is wonderful. I know. Well, I, I I mean, someday if she ever wakes up and wises up and gets sick, <laughs> make it. You never know. But um, I don't see that happening. Uh, it's it's only been twenty seven years already, so. If I made it this far, I'm pretty sure I've got, I'm good to go for the rest. Uh, Statistically, but, you're doing pretty good, yeah. <laughs> Statistically, right? I, we made it past that. Yeah, I have all the statistics. I love my statistics. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we've made it through several moves, um, empty nesting, and, you know, another cross-country move. Like, I, 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 we're doing all right. But what I wanted to say by that is that um, – Jillian is speaking to you out there to to help because, and I'll get to the topic at hand, Jillian, in a second, but I do want to say that as for all podcasts, there is no kickback to me. There's no advertising. There is no, um, I make nothing off of this. However, as per usual, I am not above shamelessly promoting my guests' services. They're spending their time on here, so I want you all, if you need Jillian's uh, support, Jillian, they can reach you how? The best way to reach me would be to go to my website, which is really easy to remember. It's supportivedivorcesolutions.com. On there, you're going to find my email address, my phone number, all different ways to connect with me, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever your cup of tea is, it's all there. And it gives you a little bit more background about what I do, why I do it, and why it might be helpful for you. Another really cool, about, cool thing about the website is you can schedule a 20-minute complimentary phone call so that you can at least get a few questions answered, and then we can decide if it makes sense for us to get together. That's actually a really nice thing for you to do, because I, and we're going to get there in a second, I, I promise. Um, but I do need to, um, and get there, by meaning get there, I mean like we'll talk about the topic at hand. But <laughs> for those of you who don't know, when you go to that website, one of the first things you will see is a wonderful picture of Jillian. <laughs> that is me. There's a few stock photos on there still. I've only done one photo shoot, which was very awkward, but wonderful. And I had a great photographer. Exactly. You know, you so, got to do all those things for your business. Uh, yeah, um, but yeah, you can actually photo. see my face on there. So everybody who knows or, or wants to know, like, this is a real person. She's got a yeah. real business mm -hmm. and she, she's, that's, you can picture her when you get your free complimentary 20 minute um, consultation. Yes. So what I, well, Jillian, what I think would be awesome and, and based on Margaret's, Margaret's um, talk is, and here's the topic I want to talk about is Margaret the way that, that we talked about it was like a lot of these women were basically caught off guard and uh, Margaret has a very um, good cohesive group of longstanding friends and some are going through divorces. Some have been through divorces. Margaret herself was divorced for many years. And she even said that there was no real support. Like you said, there's no real support. And it's not that, and I want to be clear, I, we're probably going to be focusing on women just because I'll keep referencing Margaret and her friends for my own reference point. But that's not to say that you can't counsel a man or anything like that. Um, you're, you're gender neutral, right? Right. Absolutely. I am gender neutral. Um, you'll see that I will often use she or female or woman in my terminology that I use. That is because the majority of my clients are women. I think that's just kind of natural, though. Um, you know, I'm a financial woman, and during a period of time involving finances and emotional distress, women are absolutely going to be more drawn towards a female. And there's hardly any of us in the financial industry, and it's been that way for so long. But I absolutely take on male clients. Um, I have male clients right now, so I'm completely gender neutral. I, I just wanted to state that. However, ladies, um, women, if you're out there and you need some help, trust me. Jillian's the woman for you. So the topic today, Jillian, again, is because Margaret said that these women, or the way that she made it sound is these women are caught off guard. So what I think, how we tie this into perception is reality is I think the, these, the, the women that we're talking about or Margaret was referencing just were, their perception was that they had their life partner, things were good, and then they were caught off guard 
and then they're literally left with nothing they're mm-hmm. they either still have they have older kids because you know margaret margaret um she shared this she's in her 50s so kids are either just about out of the nest or they're out of the nest and they're left with like nothing they've spent their whole life taking care of and building this wonderful family and in their mind you know everything's good but it's not really good so i i, I right. was hoping and and this again this is my perception based on the conversation with margaret what she was the the picture she was painting so what i thought we'd talk about is is that perception true? Number one, is my perception of that true? And num- number two, what is the what do you feel like the perception of these the divorcees mm-hmm. matches the reality of what you're seeing? Like, or am I interpreting it wrong? No, you are, and it's kind of like a yes and no point. So to touch on a few things right away, um, you know, you've mentioned a few times women in their 40s and their 50s, particularly 50s. So number one, perception and what's actually going on out there, what I'm seeing and just what the world is seeing right now, um, the rate of people 50 and older getting divorced, we call it gray divorce, 50 and older. Now I know if you're 50, you might not have gray hair, that's okay, but that's just what it's called. If you want to you know, Google something or any articles that I've done, it's doubled since the 1990s. So the reason for that, there's a bunch of different reasons. It's because divorce is more accepted right now. It's because people are living longer. It's because, you know, kids are staying in the home longer. So instead of right after college, it's a little bit after college. The list could go on and on and on. You know, you can speculate. But the fact is 50 and older, double the rate of divorce than what it was in the 90s. In terms of being completely caught off guard, yeah, sometimes people are. Sometimes people aren't. I see it all. Sometimes I have a woman coming to me and she wants the divorce. So of course, that's the opposite of being caught off guard that I'm thinking about getting a divorce or I just started getting divorced and I want to get my financial ducks in a row. I want to see what this is all about and if you're the right person for me to help me through this. On the other side of it, I have a woman coming to me and I was just told a few weeks ago that my husband wants to divorce me. Everything is moving so fast. Now, here's the reality that I see quite a bit. Everything is moving so fast. We already sat down with a mediator, or I've already been served with papers, and we're doing litigation. Whatever the case is, what I'm hearing and seeing with someone that's caught off guard is their spouse usually is moving quite quickly. Now, the reason for that I see in my perception is because if the spouse is moving quite quickly and the other spouse just goes along with it, not meaning they want the divorce, but they're still going along with the motions, then they don't have time to get a divorce team together. They don't have time to think about their financials and the other spouse wins, you could say. So oftentimes, particularly for women that are caught off guard, And it does happen much more so with my clients in their 50s being caught off guard. That's just what I'm seeing. When they come and they tell me how fast things are moving along, I say, okay, you know, first we do some basic education and some pros and cons of what's going on. And pretty much all the time, we put the brakes on. We need to put the brakes on because information needs to be gathered, number one. You have to have all the facts. And I need to have all the facts so I can give good advice. And I can kind of sense, based on my experience, that the other spouse is trying to get through this so fast because they are pulling something over your eyes. Uh They're not making it equitable. In a New York state, it's an equitable state. Doesn't mean it's going to be fair, but it's supposed to be equitable by law. And they're trying to get around that, basically. Does that make sense? It does. So going very fast is a red flag people should see that as a red flag like whoa what's absolutely like whoa nelly um Mm -hmm. we gotta stop Mm -hmm. the horse and just slow down okay so that's that's a good piece of yes for people is to so many things are red flags when you're going fast and it's going to relate to they might have an inheritance coming they might be getting a bonus they might be getting a job promotion And just in general, the more time they give you 
the more time you're going to have to talk to your family members, to talk to your friends, to talk to somebody like me and then say, hey, this is going too fast. You need to slow down. And then once you get information and you get knowledge, you become empowered to make decisions. And oftentimes, your soon-to-be ex-spouse, they don't want you to have that because then they lose power over what's going on and they lose control of what the financial outcome is going to be. Mm, I see. Now, does that, is that, so we're talking about the, these are the typically the people that are caught off guard. How, is there anything that applies to the women who are being proactive and they're just like, look, I'm, you know, I've put in X amount of years to this. The kids are gone. I've put up with his crap. And again, we're focusing on the women. And it doesn't mean that we're painting a broad picture because perception is reality. We're just focusing in on a, for sake of discussion, that these yeah. women are like, I'm sick of his crap. Uh, you know, obviously somebody else could be like, I'm sick of her crap, whatever. We're not here to pick sides, but we are talking about the female perspective at the moment. So when they're coming in proactively, um, is that, are there different perceptions on the proactive side versus the, the side that just got caught off guard and are being rushed into making some, what air quote, amicable solutions, but really don't, aren't, aren't very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. Yeah. Amicable. Um, it can only be so amicable because remember you're going through a divorce. Right. Right. Um, so, so yeah, taking, you know, the situation and women comes in to be proactive, I want the divorce. What I usually see, especially more so at the beginning, is heavy on the emotional side of how do I break this to them? How do I make sure that I'm not taking too much? Um, so so if it's a woman coming to me and she's being proactive, she wants the divorce. It's usually one of two situations, um, much more so. The first one is that uh, it's much more often that she's the bride winner and she's making the decision to get the divorce. Now, that does not need to be the case. That's a whole other perception mm -hmm, mm -hmm, is reality mm -hmm. thing we need to touch base I, on. I'm just that's put a, a note on that because I want to talk about it. Oh, please. So carry on with your thought. I will bring that up, I promise. And another one is um, when it's an abusive situation. Um, when, you know, uh, most of my clients are referrals from people that I know quite well, whether they're current clients, past clients, mental health therapists, mediators. Um, so I do have a high level of clients that come in that are in abusive situations, whether that be physical, financial, emotional, or sexual. And in that case, they're being proactive because they need to get out of that abusive environment and they don't know how. And one of the biggest strains is usually the finances. Um, that's pretty much always coupled with another form of abuse that's going on. So we really need to back up and make a really solid plan along with help of probably some mental health therapists. I've, I've always been recommend a mental health therapist to anybody because, I mean, this is an emotional time. If, if, you're, if you have some help on the mental health side, you can make better financial decisions and better legal decisions. But I'm going off on a tangent. That, so um, to I get back to, <laughs> to get back to the abusive situation, that's where you know I'm going to help them make up a, a game plan. I'm going to give them the resources that um, they need, so that when it's time to leave and get to a safe spot and start the process, they can. Well, that, that's very good that you are offering. Well, let me use a better word: recognizing that these things need to happen, and that you know this is an incredibly hard time and other resources are needed and it's nice that you think about that and you have a support that you Jillian have a support system uh, that refer to you you refer to them and it's it's kind of like a whole support team so to speak yes exactly I, I call it a support team or a divorce team so your core divorce team is going to be a certified divorce financial analyst like myself that does it full time, not one case a year. And then you mm -hmm. should also have an attorney. Um, if you're not litigating, you should still have an attorney look over paperwork. And then you may be using a mediator. That's something we could go in later, the different types of divorce if we have time for it. So, and then your mental health therapist. So that's your core. 
And then surrounding you, there's probably going to be other people involved. And I have other professionals that are vetted that have helped clients, all different kinds. So that might be a property and casualty agent because you need to get new car insurance because you're not going to be on your ex-spouses. Might be a licensed realtor because you're going to buy a new house or sell your current house or you just need to find out the real value. The list goes on and on and on. But it's so much easier for me to be able to provide that list than, hey, go Google somebody and good luck. And if they're crappy at their job, they're going to kind of screw up the rest of the divorce or they have the potential to. Which nobody wants. I mean, quite frankly, I mean, whether, no matter what you really, uh, okay. You might not be in the bed, not, not you, Jillian, but like the plural, you might be in a bad relationship, but that doesn't mean everybody wants the best outcome of a divorce. You want out for whatever reason. So I can see how that would be very helpful to make sure that they're supported with their core divorce team. Um, mm-hmm. So it's interesting the different perspectives between somebody who's being more proactive and somebody who's caught off guard. Um, And one thing that I noticed was like the people that are being, like you mentioned the, the, the people Um, I'm going to try to try to be gender neutral, but that's, I I guarantee I'm going to slip. It's fine. I'm human. Um, Yes, you are. So that they're concerned, like they're, my perception, if, if I have to go down a gender road, is that it's, it's like, I guess I'm surprised, but not surprised. The women who are being proactive care maybe a little bit more. I have no real experience with divorce. I don't really, I mean, um, I have one, one friend that, that got divorced, but I mean, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Much I didn't ask. I mean, it's not that I didn't care. I just didn't want to pry or. Yeah, if they wanted to bring it up, they'd bring it yeah, up with you, up. kind of, kind of like that. Right, but so I don't know, and it seemed like from, from my side that it was pretty, you know, it, it took a while, it took two years. I don't know if that's quick or not, but you know, they seemed to be at the table and talking whenever we talked about it. So it seemed like it was not ideal, but it seemed like they tried to be good about it. But it's interesting how you brought up that they, you know, how do I break it to him? How am I taking too much money? And I think you were mm-hmm. going to talk about that as the breadwinner, whereas I don't know, maybe it's TV or the media that has me biased, but you, you, you think that like when the man comes in, it's like, I worked hard for this money. She's not going to take blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not saying <laughs> that happens in life. You're the one that has the experience. I don't know if that but that's just my perception based on media and TV. Is that sure? Absolutely. And, and I think, I think your, per, I think your perception, I mean, I, I do think that based on media, TV, all those things that we're fed since we're babies, that that is what, you know, on the macroeconomic level we're being fed. Um, in terms of reality with what I see, um, you know, mine's going to be biased as well. And the reason why it's going to be biased is I only have, so much, you know, so many clients to pull, pull off of for experiences. What I mean by that is 90% of my clients are women. So if I'm talking about 10% that are men, I can't really give you a good answer right now. You know, talk to me in 30 years Mm -hmm. um, about, you know, the man coming in, the man being the breadwinner and how they act. What I can tell you with a huge difference that I see um, I think I've already mentioned it, it's obvious that more women get a hold of me than men. Okay, obvious. Now, out of the men and women that get a hold of me, a much different percentage goes on to be a client with women. Much bigger percentage of women who contact me initially become a client than men. Um, in my complimentary 20-minute consultation, um, Many of the men that call me are extremely focused on not so much, even though I try to spin it around, right? Not so much what I do, but what the cost is. Just pure cost, 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 cost. And the women really aren't focused on that. Um, Actually, they're they're barely focused on it whatsoever at all. Um, They're much more going with, even though the majority of my clients are recommended to me, um, they're much more going on my friend or my therapist or whoever said I needed to talk to you and I heard good things about you. So I'm going to at least come in for the first meeting anyways. 
And if what you can do for me is like what you did for them, I don't care what it costs. So I don't know. I mean, that's just, you know, that's what I'm, I got two years of information. So that's what I'm seeing with my reality in Rochester, New York and the surrounding areas. You know, I've worked with people in Buffalo. I've I've worked with people in other states. Yes. And, and uh, I want people to know that if they're in a different state, they can contact you. Um, Feel free, anybody. Um, But that's an interesting take. And I'm glad you could talk about it because I mean, there's so many, like you said, there's so many little segues about perceptions that have built up. And, and I, this is one of those areas that I live in a little bubble because, I mean, I have a happy marriage. We've always had a happy marriage. Um, we're those crazy people that don't even really argue. I mean, we really don't. If we're arguing about anything, it's because we're teasing each other and it's not actually a real argument. It's just, I don't know, we're just teasing each other. We're those, we're those weird people, but I like us. <laughs> So I like it, you guys too. <laughs> so I just, uh, you know, I do have these perceptions built up. I, like I said, I'm human. I see things through lenses. I filter based on media and I'm biased through TV and, you know, you think things are real. But one thing I'd love to talk to you about, um, as mm-hmm. it's related, I promise, I'm bringing back up as <laughs> the breadwinner. Uh-huh. Now, when I feel like that's perception my perceptions again seeing it on tv um reality tv shows which aren't really reality tv let's face it they're scripted reality tv shows or tv or whatever or things that i've read is that that's a a woman as a breadwinner is an issue for people is that does that is that a how is that like i mean is it oh like a woman being a breadwinner and getting divorced is more of an issue is that what you're no, I mean, things. just I just want to boil it down to like, the woman makes the money in the family. Mm-hmm. Is that an issue in the financial planning world? Like, are are people like in your experience? I know your clients are mostly women, but I'm hoping that you can give us a little insider track. Like, you know, maybe some girl talks come up, or maybe you have a male client like me. I I mean, I was a male client. And, mm-hmm, absolutely, um, and you still are. Oh yeah, I still am. Um, <laughs> Yeah. You're still a male, as, as yes, far as I know. Well, that way, <laughs> but I, I think I am actually still a client because of the life insurance. Cool. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That too. Yeah. <laughs> ah, all right. Awesome. So <laughs> you're funny. I like it. Um, is that a problem? Like, do men have a problem truly with women being breadwinners? Huh. Let's see. Um, in an overall sense. Mm, I, you know, I think with my, my perception and what I see in here, um, so I guess, you know, my lens is into, into what I'm perceiving as my reality. I do think that there's still a problem with how society, so, you know, like big level, sees women and breadwinners. So a high income earning woman, uh, you know, someone who climbs the corporate ladder, someone that starts their own business that's a woman, so a woman that does all of that. Um, I do think that there is still, you know, some double standards and talk that doesn't need to be had, in my opinion. So for a woman that's a breadwinner, for a woman that does something that a male should be doing or we think males do, such as start businesses, Hmm. she must be missing out on something. She must be missing out on something because if she's dedicating all that time to you know, this is, this is the play on it, the perception that I feel like society has too much of self. If she's putting all that time into a career or into a business, she must be missing out um, in a relationship. She must be missing out with children. If she has children, she must be missing out on her, her, you know, eggs are going to go bad because she hasn't had them yet. Whereas we don't say that to men. We don't say because you are the big corporate guy, that means that you must not give your wife enough attention. And so kind of, kind of on that level, like why, why does a woman have to be considered whole only if she has a career, but not too big a one, has a relationship because she's not whole without a man and has children because that's her duty to do here on this earth for all of us. That's an extremely blunt way to put what I just said. So take that with a grain of salt, but that's what I was getting to. So I'm going to say a couple things. First, I'm going to talk about this for a few more minutes with you because I'm fascinated now. And second, (laughs) 
I think that's good. <laughs> it sounds like you have some personal experience there, which is what we're going to delve into today. We're going to pull back that onion. Woo! And third, let's get right vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I would like to state for the record that way back when the earth cooled, when Sherry and I were um, we little youngins, we we actually made a, a decision. Quite frankly, we were living in Hawaii, and she made twice as much as I made. And um, for the record, that didn't bother me at all. I was actually, you know, I had a sugar mama. I kind of liked it. Um, <laughs> Good man. <laughs> we made a decision that whoever made the most money when we decided, when we collectively decided that we wanted children was the other one was going to stay home with the kids. And mm -hmm. I cannot uh, tell a lie that I was kind of hoping that might even be, been me a little bit uh, or a lot but uh, I lost that and over the years because uh, we were young when we got married. We were married at 21 and 22, right out of college. And we wanted to spend some time together. So we waited four years and we moved to three different states before we had our first child, Marissa. But at that time, uh, I had gotten promoted a few times and my salary uh, was more than Sherry, so she won. <laughs> she got to stay home. Um, right. So I lost, but I didn't. Uh, she was probably, let's be honest, she was the better choice to raise children than me. I'm kind of a loose cannon. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, you see those weird dad memes with like, you can, you know, the ones I can't describe one. I don't have one in my head, but you know, you see them and it's like, you can tell dad was babysitting a kid and the kid's like duct taped to a chair or something that, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So your children are alive because They're of alive. how that happened. Yep. Thanks to her. Right? But can we back up? Let's rewind for a minute. Let's okay. talk about Jillian and her experiences because some of it, in the way you said it really made me feel like you were saying things that people have said to you because, and I would like to go on record stating that you are a successful woman. You are highly intelligent. You have a great career. You are running your own business. You have, I don't know, do we call it a practice? I don't know, whatever we call it. Um, yeah, sometimes I call it a, yeah, I think I call it a practice. What do I call it? Well, I think I call it a practice. <laughs> So you, you have mm -hmm. these things and you are, you are successful. And I remember when we were talking, um, like, a, you know, cause whenever we, whenever I got into your office that I was always recommending books and videos and stuff because you and I, we traded those things. Not like, it's not like it was one-sided, like it was a, mm -hmm. it was double-sided. You recommended stuff too. Um, and I was, I was liked to, um, there was a couple friends that I like to introduce you to that were women in business and councils and stuff because I like to promote um, promote that and help you know because I just like to help with that kind of thing. Uh, so yes, I, and I've I, met some of them and I'm seeing some of them again soon. So thank you so much. Good. Um, glad that you all can help each other. It's a good network. I like to help build that network and and support that because. What I've seen firsthand is exactly what you've said. And I have no experience because nobody's ever told me my eggs were going to dry up. But what I would like <laughs> to do is, as a successful woman, uh, and, and Margaret kind of talked about this a little bit too, um, about being alone in, in, on Valentine's Day because she is, she decided to raise her daughter, and uh, who is a NASA scientist, by the way. And, oh my gosh. Yep. And wow. her, her priority was her daughter. She could have put energy into a relationship. She had relationships, but her priority was her daughter. That was, that was a decision. And she's taken some, some flack for that. So tell us about Jillian and, and have these things been said to you as, as, as a successful businesswoman? They they absolutely have been said to me. You are correct in reading that raw emotion coming through with those words, you could just feel it. You could just feel it. Um, so yeah, I mean, they've been said in, in a variety of ways. As I get older, as I build out my business more, they're said to me less, a lot less. They were said to me the most right before I was building supportive divorce solutions and at the beginning. Do they still occur? Yes, they absolutely do. I have a great personal example that I can give you from just a few months ago, and I will. Um, number one, what I do want to say is, 
whatever a woman's choice or a man's choice is that's right for them and right for their family, that's what they should do. They should do what's in their heart and what's best for themselves and their family. Um, you know, whether it's just you, whether it's you and your family is your mom and dad or, you know, some friends that are your family, whether it's you and six children, whatever it is, it's what's best for you, not what society tells you is best for you. I because agree. you're not going to be happy listening to society uh, if it's different from what you believe. I agree. Um, so, yes, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for the kind words um, just a few moments ago, too. I appreciate that. Um, my, my cheeks got red. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> so now that I'm all fluster, flustered and I'm going to get really raw right now, um, but I think this is important because more women need to step up and, and talk about these issues. Um, or you know what, maybe they're not issues. So you can you know, reflect back on what I'm about to say and say, you know what, she's crazy. And that's just fine if you say that because everyone's entitled to their opinion. So the choice that I have made, my baby, at least right now, is my career. Um, I absolutely love it. It is my passion. It's where I get energy from. It's it's almost undescribable the way I feel when I'm helping other people. That's both through helping my clients and I do quite a bit of volunteerism on things that I'm passionate about because I really believe you need to be passionate about um, what you're volunteering for. Um, another thing is going back to let's just, you know, let's get right into it. I, I'm delaying what I've been told or things that have been said to me and some things that I used to believe. Um, I've always kind of been a natural leader, but in the finance world, while I would have leadership tendencies, I would fall back to being a follower. I also, and this is the way it is for the majority of women in finances, we do not have other females to look up to. We are surrounded by men. Not that that's a bad thing, but when you're in, especially a new career, so when you're just entering into the financial world, it's nice to kind of have a few other females around because just certain things are said or not said. So when I would enter a boardroom, when I would enter a team meeting or a awards dinner, whatever it is, I'm surrounded just by men. All of the analogies are about baseball. Um, they're talking about their wives or their girlfriends or this or that. They're talking about things I don't want figure about <laughs> I with you. Um, as a man I hate those things just saying yeah and it's not that I hate sports um I played sports and that you know what I was pretty good at them growing up but I don't want to literally every analogy every analogy is about baseball and I I've just never liked baseball yep. can we can we have it be about soccer or something well first of all we're in America nobody cares about soccer I do that's that was my sport <laughs> I played it um so yes, exactly. You know, I'm just saying. All right, so I sorry, I stopped. <laughs> just I just saying, soccer is awesome. Soccer is a good sport. Um, soccer is a good sport. And it's okay and in life to have a zero-zero score at the end of a game. Nobody's ever died from zero-zero <laughs> score. No, no one's ever died from it. Okay. Not literally. Sorry. Carry on. Um, I beg your pardon. So you know, there's all those little things that absolutely affect how, in my opinion how um, females feel. And definitely in my experience, I can always speak to that. So all these little itsy bitsy things that one may not notice or women don't notice or men don't notice are happening in the environment. What people are talking about, meaning what the men are talking about in finances, how the room is decorated, what's hung on the wall, what's given for an award. All these things, it's male dominated. It's also extremely old school because the financial world in general is very conservative. I'm not conservative with support of divorce solutions. So um, that was just, I didn't even know it was happening to me at the time, but I was stepping back and becoming more of a follower and listening to the people I was told to listen to because that's how you make it. Listen to your superiors, listen to your manager listen to the senior advisors that you're doing work with. And I would get a gut feeling that, hey, that's not what I want to do, or that's not where I want my practice to go, or those aren't really the people I want to work with. They're good people, but they're just, I'm not super passionate about it. But I just continued on doing what I was told. Um, and then I finally woke up. Um, I woke up by 
being fortunate enough to be working with people, as I mentioned earlier, particularly women that were going through the struggle with their finances and divorce, finding out that there's an actual specialization for this available. And I think there's going to be so many of us in 15 years. There's hardly any of us now. And that's the certified divorce financial analyst. And originally I was thinking I was going to partner up with some people, some of the managers and men and advisors and all of that that I had worked with in the past. And again, what their vision was, wasn't what my vision was. So I put that to stop pretty fast and said, this is going to be the biggest risk I've ever taken. No one practices as a certified divorce financial analyst pretty much, you know, 80% more, 80% or more of the time. There's a handful, maybe a little bit more in the United States that do that. There's no business model to follow, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to see half a step in front of me and just run with it. And what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm never going to be living like, you know, underneath a bridge, like I'll end up being okay, but I have to follow this passion. So um, going back to female, how females are treated, female perception. Yeah, all those um, eggs drying up all over the place. All those eggs drying up, right, exactly. Um, I don't get asked this as much anymore. Um, I just turned 34 a couple of days ago. Um, but something that I would be asked a lot instead of, you know, how's business, how's clients, um, you know, did you watch whatever on TV? You, as a woman, I feel like you're asked, oh, who are you seeing? Um, how's dating going? You have a boyfriend? How long have you been seeing him? It goes right to the relationship things and the kid thing again. And wow. Sometimes, and women do this to women, and they don't mean to do it. This is society and what we've been taught is, you know, oh, I'm not dating anybody. Oh, you're, you got to be kidding me. You're not dating anybody. How could you be single? Meaning, how could you be single? There must be something wrong with you. But I know there's nothing wrong with you because you're successful and you're all these great things. Okay, well, well thanks. Well, why do I need to have a significant other to be whole then? That's what I believe society is saying. I'm perfectly happy right now where I am. I don't need a man on my side to be happy. And society says that we do. However, I don't think, and my perception is, I don't think they say that to men. Or not as much. I've not heard that, but I will say that uh, this is very similar to what Margaret said. Again, another woman who's very successful and uh i don't i don't like using the word strong because like i mean i'm sure she's probably physically strong but i mean <laughs> powerful she's she's powerful i think that's the better word that i would like to use for her. she she you know when margaret enters a room there's a presence you have the same thing so like it's interesting that you two have um you know you're a couple years apart <laughs> uh but it's the same take and I'm going to get into that in a moment, but there's a few things that I do want to comment on, if you don't mind. Of course, one, yes, please. One, I feel bad that when, when uh, before we recorded and I was like, hey, in three seconds, I'm about to hit the record button, and I just said hello to you, that I asked about a dog, and uh, your dog, and I didn't ask about a man in your side. I did it wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> do I um, notice a hint of sarcasm? <laughs> slightly, slightly. I know I... I, know I, just have, I have one tone and one facial expression, but that was my sarcasm tone. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So just like you said in an earlier podcast, there needs to be something. I know we're not texting right now, but something with text messages so you know when there's sarcasm. There I, I need be, that for sure. There has to be sarcasm font. It just needs to be a thing. It's 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 yeah. something that I'm going to do. Um, I will say that looking back, I remember when you were starting this, and again, I'm not taking credit for it. You know, because like, yeah, but I remember being supportive. I remember Sherry and I were very supportive. We were very excited for you to do this. And I can definitely say that when I, I didn't notice it until you just made me think about it, how you fell into a follower role, because I will say this, when you and I were interacting, if, if it was just, and I it's not to say that the other person is horrible. I just liked you better. Um, I related to you more. 
Uh, yeah. So Sherry did too. We, we, we related to you more. So when we were talking with you one-on-one -on -one or I was dealing with you, I just, there's, there's, now that I think about it, there was a different Jillian than when we were in a bigger meeting. Right. And I yeah. hadn't noticed that before. And I feel kind of bad that I didn't. Um, well, you know what? It's good if you didn't notice it before, though, because then I did what I was supposed to do at that moment and make sure that you and Sherry were comfortable and taken care of and not thinking about things like that. That wasn't for you to notice then. So I don't want you to feel bad about it. Well, but I have this perception of myself that I'm more perceptive than other people. <laughs> well, maybe I'm just really good at making no, sure are. those you things. <laughs> you are. I, I can see you are. You, you, you are. Um, but I, I'm glad I like... I, not that you need my approval or anybody else's because nobody needs anybody else's approval but their own. And you said that and I agree with you. Um, but I like this is more confident and appropriate thing to say Jillian right now because I, well, actually, I, I don't know if I can say that because this is the Jillian that I'm used to interacting with. But now that I look back, like, did the did the butterfly come out of the cocoon? Can, can I say that? Yes, you can say that. I love that. Absolutely. And sometimes it takes longer for some to come out of that cocoon than, than others. And it took me up until about two years ago. Take some people until they're 60. Take some people until they're 12. You know, we're all different. Mm -hmm. But what I can say is when I did come out, it was right at the right time. My belief is it was right at the right time. Because everything, good and bad, and anything that's bad, you can, you can get something good from it. It's a lesson learned on what to do or not do. All of my experiences, personal and professional, leading up to that moment, I needed all of those experiences. I needed all that knowledge to be who I am right now. And I truly, truly mean that. Things that have happened to me that are horrible, I can see why they happened or why I needed to go through them. Um, to learn some lessons that I use today. So I'm, I'm not, the timing's just right. The timing's just right for everything that's happening in my life right now. Um, I feel so good about that. Now, that did take a lot of self-reflection and there was quite a personal journey along the way that comes out in my professional life. I will say that in a lot of hard work, but it's all happening at the right time. And it's, yeah. and it's okay. Well, it's not okay. It's not okay. Some of the ways that I was treated, and, I, and I'm still treated, but I, I deal with it a different way, and I deal with it in an appropriate way. Some of the ways that I was treated unfairly, or, or what I view to be unfairly, and the way I think women still are treated unfairly, um, while it sucked that that happened and it shouldn't have happened, I'm now able to see it in a different light, and I'm able to bring to other women in particular, and it can happen to men as well, and I, and I, I, will, I will and do support men that are going through the same thing. Um, when I see it happening or I see them talking about it, I make them aware of what's happening and I tell them a little bit about my personal journey. They get a little bit of an insight into Jillian and Jillian's experience so they can have that human connection with me and know that it's okay that something happened in the past, but that doesn't have to be the way it is moving forward if you don't want it to be. Mm -hmm. And you have control over that. I like that. I like the empowering statement that you've got going on there. And the couple, couple things like I, 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 people have referred to me as the fortune cookie manager. And two things that came to mind is that your path, like much, many people, the path reveals itself one step at a time, uh, especially if you don't know what's happening. You just need to take that step and the next one and then you'll get to where you want to go as long as you have an idea where you want to go. Um, and yeah. the other thing that is what you were talking just reminded me of some, something that I like to say a lot for people who I find that are in transition or going through a rough time is that what the caterpillar sees at the end, as the end, the butterfly sees as the beginning. And mm -hmm. I, I think I brought that up with you calling you the butterfly and that, that metaphor came to my mind and you know maybe that can help some of your clients too I don't know but um it, it is I do see it that way it's a, it's a new beginning it's a new beginning it, it is a new beginning and just because something's new doesn't mean that it's bad um 
it's right. new. Um, but just because something's new doesn't mean it's good either. Well, that's a different discussion for another day. Depends on what your perception is. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right? and there's actually, the, I've talked about this in a different podcast. There is a science behind luck. They have. <gasps> oh, I, oh I, I, I've read a lot about this and self-educated a lot on this. Go ahead. I'm really excited right now. Well, you and I have talked about this in the past, I think. Um, I would probably have, yeah. People who look for certain things will find certain things. People who, so for example, if I find a $20 bill and I bend over to pick it up and fall, I can look at that as two ways. When I'm telling you later, I'm like, ah, Jillian, I found 20 bucks, but I fell over and it was embarrassing and it was whatever. Isn't that horrible? That's bad luck. <laughs> like bad things, something bad happened to me. However, there's like, Jillian, totally saw 20 bucks blown across the parking lot. I went over, got it. I slipped, I fell, it was so funny. Totally made 20 bucks though, for free. <laughs> got a and got dirty. a laugh out of it. And got a laugh out of it. So that's basically what they say, the science of luck. And there's several articles. If anybody wants to know, they can contact me via the podcast, contact me page, and I will tell more information about that. But the point is people who feel lucky are the type of people that see lucky things happen to them. And it's almost like the law of attraction, right? So I yeah, see things. Love the lucky. law of attraction. I see myself as lucky. I'm going to look for things that are lucky. And if I'm a pessimist, I'm going to look for things that are negative. And that, that's a self-fulfilling mm -hmm. prophecy. And it's, oh, it's yeah, all day. And it's basically just the secret is almost confirmation bias in my, in, in my opinion. I, I'm, I'm probably making too far of a leap there. But again, if I feel like I'm a lucky person, I'm getting confirmed every day. Like I found 20 bucks and I got a laugh. Yeah. It's confirming mm -hmm. that I'm lucky. Uh, or uh, I found 20 bucks. I fell. People laughed. There was a puddle. Then a dog came and like peed on me. It was like horrible. Like most of that stuff didn't happen, but we make that up. Um, right, exactly. And we're going to look for anything and everything in our external environments, I guess in our internal environments too, but particularly our external environments for what we believe because we want to have our thoughts and beliefs reconfirmed over and over and over again. Um, that's what I think. So if you're a positive person, you are going to notice or put a positive spin on things that are happening and, and vice versa, just like you explained very well. Exactly. And um, just to add to um, on the same guidelines of luck, one of the things that I've recently thought is, you know, um, people that build businesses and this and that, oh, they're, you know, they're so lucky. And I'm still in my infancy here. But I can tell you that isn't it funny that the smarter I work and the more that I give back to things that I'm passionate about, the luckier I get. Hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, exactly. Your, your passion. I just need you to know your passion show. So I, I, I love that. I mean, when you first started talking about it, I like to think that I was incredibly help, um, not helpful, but um, supportive because I mean, this was exciting. I remember, and I remember like I could see the sparkle in your eye and um. I understand why you're passionate about it. And I understand how difficult it is for you to, to explain to somebody like how happy this makes you by helping people. And mm -hmm. it's the same thing that I talk about on the podcast, how I um, am an executive coach and or life coach if people need it. And I do, I help people with strategic planning for their businesses. Those are like things that I do. Um, and people find it, impossible to believe that I don't charge for those services. Like I have a lot of experience. I could make consulting fees on it, but I don't. And the reason oh, is, okay. mm -hmm. and the reason, yeah. And they're like, what are you crazy for not charging? Exactly. And I'm like, because I love doing it. It's, I like helping people. That's yeah. part of the reason why I'm doing the podcast. I want to learn stuff. And by me learning, maybe I'm helping other people. 
I have absolutely. I'm not a perfect person. I have perceptions that are good, bad, and indifferent. I want to learn. Like I know how I came to my perceptions, but there's probably other truths out there. But you know, so I get it. I understand why this excites you so much, and you're taking um, it to its full extent, and you will be nothing but successful. I can just, I mean, you just will. There's. Thank you. And I, I get the enjoyment that you get out of helping. I love helping people. I just, I can't not, I can't not do it. I, it just, if that were to ever be taken away somehow, well, I don't know how it could be taken away. I don't know. I can't even, what's the point in getting up then? What's the point in getting up? That, that's how I feel about it. What would be the point in what I'm going to do with my day? There wouldn't be a point for me. I have to be able to help people in some capacity. Um, you know, growing up, that's very much what our family was like and, and still is. I was just fortunate enough through this turn and that turn and the wild things that life threw at me, the good and the bad once again, to figure out that my core purpose was to help women, primarily men too, to help women through the transition of divorce. And yeah, I'm the financial person. That's what I'm here for. But part of it too is um, and just so people know, um, you know, if they're thinking about reaching out, I'm going to get to know you. The reason why I'm going to get to know you is number one, I want to. Number two, I need to get to know you on a deeper level because I'm going to find out and you're going to find out too, the emotions and past experience that are driving your behaviors. Mm -hmm. And if I know that and you know that, we can make the best plan possible for the here and now. Um, and what the rest of your new life is going to look like and have it be the very best new life for you. I love it. I love it. We, we, we covered a lot of ground. And so I hope that we did. We did. Like we talked about the main perception. You helped me with some perceptions about divorce that I've had um, or have been just from watching TV and reading things and whatever, and you helped dispel some of those and confirm some of my knowledge. We talked about uh, women who are caught off guard, and that's really what made me reach out to you because I feel like this is a group of people that need help. Um, not to say that the women who are being proactive don't need help or the men, don't want to forget them, whatever. But, you know, we're talking about <laughs> right now is that you know, the women who are being proactive need help too. Um, but again, talking with Margaret, I was concerned about her friend um, that needs help. So I'm going to mm -hmm. make sure that her friend contacts you uh, and, and gives you the help that she needs. Um, and then we went all the way through, we delved into Jillian's personal life about how it's I know. difficult to be a woman entrepreneur, which is like something that I will want to talk with you about in the future. Maybe is more about more about that. Um, or I'll make it a podcast um, about how difficult it is to be a woman in business. And when one of the things you talked about a perception, again, like a visualization, you were talking about finance and you, you painted a picture and in my head, while you were talking, I pictured a room with like maroon walls and like dark green paint and like red leather furniture and like, yeah, like, a, you know, stuffy yeah. old, like, uh, what is that movie with, um, Eddie Murray trading places? Oh yeah. With Mortimer yeah. and, um, Mortimer and yeah, what, was that? what was that? Like 1983? Something like that. I don't know. But trading okay, you know, anyway. that, that was the vision of like finance that just popped in my head and, and, and when you were right. describing it. And then I guess that was the vision that I had prior, you know, like I must have been because when you were talking, that's what came up. But that's obviously not the case. There are women like you who do this that are successful that don't need to worry about um eggs drying up or whatever because you can be <laughs> but there's a couple messages there. There's like women go out there and get it. Nobody. Right. And, and again, that's, this is for everybody. Nobody's going to give you anything in this world. You've got to go get it Two, If you decide to go get it, it's okay. People are going to say things to you. Um, and that was just me hitting my boom mic. Cause I'm being very like, uh, 
I'm talkative with my hands right now. So sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> is that um, uh, people, people are going to say things and, right. and you got to ignore them. You, you, well, you just, I don't necessarily think like ignoring, like, I think you just need to acknowledge it to yourself. Like, I, and I believe this about all thoughts, acknowledge the thought exists and then just dismiss it. Like, I think it's different right. than ignoring, because if you that ignore is, it, yeah. you're not, you're not, I think ignoring leads down a different path, but that's a podcast for a different day. But in my experience, like acknowledge it and just dismiss it and give yourself permission to dismiss it and give mm -hmm. yourself permission to do a lot of things. People don't give themselves permission to do a lot of things. They need to give themselves permission more. And, and you know what, speaking of permission to, you know, giving yourself permission, something that I heard a while ago um, from a, a good friend um, that is the current president of Rochester Women's Network. That's one of the organizations that I um, volunteer a lot of time with. I just took over as vice president of revenue and development. She said, um, in, in speaking of giving yourself permission, you know, if you get in front of a crowd and ask them, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm about to do a presentation. If I make a few little mistakes, is that okay? Do I have your permission to not be perfect right now? And everyone says, yeah, of course, it's fine. You're human. And then vice versa. Will you give yourself permission to make a mistake? And we say, oh, no. Oh, no. I, I, you can make a mistake. I, I can't make a mistake because we're so gosh darn hard on ourselves. We are. We absolutely are. I know that after every podcast, I always go into a mode of like, ah, crap, this sucks. I should have done this. I should have done that. But that's part of maybe the I will start editing them. No, don't ever do no, that. I love no, how no, no, no. this is raw. These are all <laughs> unedited, unscripted conversations. They're designed that way on purpose because life is full of unscripted conversations. One and I'm sure I'm going to say that to myself too when I hear this for the first time, and the second, and the third, and the fourth. I'm going to try to be kind to myself, but there's going to be because I'm a human. Those things that pop up. Oh my God, Jillian, you, why'd you say it like that? Okay, you overshared again. You're such an oversharer. You were talking too fast. How many times did you say, um, I'm going to do that to myself, but I'm going to try yeah. to be kind to myself. For the record, I've been told that I have a very disarming personality and I'm able to elicit things from people that they perhaps wouldn't want to overshare it with. So I will take the blame for that. But <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I feel very good about what I, I feel good that I that you were able to get me in that position to be able to share. Cause it, it's hard. It's hard to be able to do that. And, and it's perfect. It's good. Well, I think you did awesome. And I know that everybody else that's listening does too. Um, I hope so. Otherwise they can so let me know. <laughs> I, I'm going to believe it or not. We're all human. You, you, you did great. I, I, I think you did did wonderful so is there anything in closing that you'd like to share with the audience maybe a perception i didn't talk about real quick or is there something that you want to give some advice um on how to you know we'll just close out oh gosh what to take from you know i could talk about so many things with divorce perceptions for hours but if there is one takeaway well number one thank you so much for this opportunity i thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you um, and if there's ever some, a topic in the future that we can talk about, I'd love to, especially the whole women in business idea. Um, okay, but to completely answer your question, a takeaway for listeners out there. Um, my belief is that for you to make a completely informed decision that you're going to feel good about now and in the future, it is really important to get your divorce team together. And if you need to take your time, that's okay. Going fast is often a bad thing, but you absolutely deserve to have support. You deserve to have information and you deserve to be empowered so that you can make those informed decisions about your future and your children's future as well, especially if you have little ones. You need to be the advocate for them. And if you would like to contact me, you can go to supportivedivorcesolutions.com. All my information's on there. 
We can do a 20-minute complimentary consultation. And you can find out all the other great things on Facebook and LinkedIn and all that jazz. And I appreciate everyone that's listening to this as well and taking their time out of the day. I do too. And, and it's, it's been fun. And you made this fun and I appreciate that. And I will just remind everybody that we were talking to Jillian Jones today of Supportive Divorce Solutions. You definitely know how to contact her. And I suggest if you find yourself in a predicament, and even if you are not in that predicament, you probably know somebody that is and take a thing, take it, take a think, take a moment to think about how that person that you may know might need help. And Jillian, I can't um, thank you enough for being on the show today. And I look forward to our follow-up conversation. I wrote several notes on future topics. Um, one, it is my dream to start doing panel. Two things that I would like to do in life is do panel interviews. And I can think of three women that would be a great empowering women panel. Um, two, I would like to do live call-in shows. Uh, both of those things cost money. And since <laughs> there is no kickback to me, and I'm not saying that for anybody to cry me a river, I have a great life and this is my hobby. So I will figure out what I want to do here, but those are dreams may happen, but in the meantime, I definitely know Jillian, I've got three or four topics that we can discuss uh, specifically um, in the future. Thank awesome, I can't your, wait to hear about them. Thank you for your time today and your advice, and I'm sure you will be inundated with uh, free consultations soon. <laughs> thank you so much, David. I had a blast, and... Uh, I hope it's not uh, so long until the next time that we catch up. Oh, it won't be. Now that I know that there's three or four topics and then I, we've got the, <laughs> uh, got into, to Jillian's life a little bit. We cracked that door open, you know, um, that door is open still. So like, just be prepared. You never know what I'm going to bring up next. Oh boy. All right. <laughs> Thanks. I'm ready. Thanks, Jillian. Thanks. Bye-bye, David. Bye.